We had something amazing happen on Friday night. Now I didn't get home till after 1 o'clock and get in bed. Now you know that's church. Somebody say amen. Do you know how it feels when you think, I don't want to leave because I might miss something. Is anybody with me on that? Oh, my goodness. Well, something happened on Friday night that I have to testify about, and Tina can attest to it, too. We had some people from our church diligently seeking the Lord. We went to hear Jan Aldridge at uh, a church up in Rutland. But that's not what basically I want to say and to praise the Lord about and to celebrate about. I watched Maya. Tina, wave your hand. Tina's daughter, Maya, seek the Lord for over an hour. Can somebody rejoice? Oh, please make some noise and give him the praise. Show me your glory, Lord. I even said to Maya, I said, Maya, do you, do you know what I mean when I say, I think we were saying the Lord is walking up and down these aisles. And if you could just picture him in your mind. After that, she just took off. She just took off. I believe she was filled with the Holy Spirit, but I'm not sure. I'll talk to mom later. But she had stammering lips and shaking hands. And you can't goof with a kid, and a kid won't goof with you. You tell a kid to put their hands up, and they go like that. You know, this child was relentlessly seeking the Lord. Can someone give the Lord praise for that? And all I have to say is this. Lord, let me be like that child. Let me decide that, as my dad would say, get a hold of the horns of the altar. Do they still say that? When you were a kid, did you go, what do you mean? But truly, there were horns on the altar, and the priest would go and lay his hands and hold on to the horns of the altar. And all I'm saying, and I want to say this, Lord, let me be that way. And tell yourself that. Tell yourself that you want to be on fire for the Lord, yes, but you will diligently seek him because I truly believe that Maya got an experience from the Lord. And I got to brag on Jennifer too, man. She just decided she was going to hang in there without the evangelist. It was the most beautiful thing in the world. But also too, I kept thinking at 830, because they sang. They sang like 72 songs, didn't they? <laughs> and I was sitting there thinking, man, this is hours past me getting in my stretchy pants. <laughs> just hanging out in front of the TV. And I don't ever even know what a show ends like. Does anybody do that now? How did the show end? It ended like this. But, oh, Lord, and I'm telling you, it doesn't have a lot to do with holding in there for too long or anything like that. Don't, don't get me wrong. But I will say, I don't want to give up on God. I don't want to miss something God is doing. Can you just praise the Lord with me? Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank God for what the Lord is doing. Can I have a little bit more in the house for me? Thank you so much. Praise the Lord. Leah's talking about church time. I'm thinking about in the Old Testament when the challenge was made to Ahab and the false prophets of Baal to see who choose, let's see who's God. The way I look at it, the long period of time it took for them to reach out, they went for hours and hours and hours trying to call upon their false god and nothing happened. It was a 38 or 68 word prayer that Elijah prayed. And fire came down. And God moved in a mighty way. Now we should always be willing to wait on the Lord. Be hungry enough, Lord. Say, God, I'll, I'll, I'm going to hang in here. One time my friends took us years ago to a five-star restaurant in Cincinnati downtown. I can't remember the name of it. 
Yeah, Masonette Restaurant. I would have never gone there on my own. I don't pay money like that for a meal. But they they got a special deal, and they invited us out as a, it was a farewell time. We were going to move away and come here, actually. And so Terry and Ellen took us there, and it was that that meal was a six-course meal. Now, they don't bring a, a lot on each course, you know, because you still have a few more courses to go on. Like the second course, it's just a little bit appetizer or such and lead you up. But after so much amount of time of all the courses, the meal, now I hung in there. I didn't say, wow, this is taking too much time. And I'm going to go home. No, I stayed to the dessert. To the very end, I stayed. Uh, I couldn't. Uh, and, and so what it is is that if we want the meal, we'll be willing to wait for all the courses, for the whole amount. We'll be willing to tarry. Though we don't have to anymore, the Holy Ghost has already come, but we're willing to tarry because we love him so very much. Praise the Lord. Praise God. I appreciate what Kayla said during worship. She said about the water, the difference in water is a wave, and then there's a still. But you know, there's an old saying, it's, uh, still water runs deep. And God wants us to go into the deepness in the depth of his great love and power, strength. I don't get it with Christians. I don't understand them sometimes. We come in. I don't know if you've ever come into church with an attitude. I have before. You ever come into church with an attitude? You know, they say the most unholy half hour is the 30 minutes prior to church time when you're on your way to church. It's the most unholy hour. You're tried with this and that and stress and the kids and all this stuff trying to make it to church. But I don't understand Christians who will use up time for nothing. Will come to church for nothing. Come to church to spend time, maybe to get mama off their back. Maybe to fulfill an obligation, maybe just come in. Or just come in and sit on their device and look at their device the whole time during church. You know, we go live on Facebook. I want to encourage you, don't sit on live on Facebook during church service. You got the real deal. You're in the real place, okay? And worship him and glorify him. So I don't, I don't get it with Christians who just kind of bide their time. The longer I've served him, the more that I realize in the ministry that many of us, we don't have as much time as we think we have. And we need to take advantage of our moments with God and worship him. Because God wants to build us up. He wants to make us greater than what we were when we came in the door. He wants to load us up with good things and benefits and blessings. He wants us not walk out of this door, but float out of this door. Because of his presence and his glory. And some of us here in this house, that's exactly what we need. It's exactly what we need we need. Praise the Lord. That's a little exhortation. I know you're here for the right reason. Turn your neighbor and say, I'm here for the right reason. <coughs> Thank you, Leah, for that great testimony. I'd like for us to turn to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 3, verse 1 through 11. We've been, of course, a series of all in, and I was really trying to think. Sometimes, you know, God gives me a sermon before I ever get a title. And I always wait and wait and wait. Okay, God, please, you know, help me to think of something. And because sometimes my titles are quite 
dated. And, and so I thought of this one, and not quite sure if it's really all that good or cool, so just overlook me because I realize I'm not really cool. I'm just Ron Bynum. And the great thing is that when we have his word, that's what does the work. So Matthew's gospel, I'd just like to share with talking about all in. I want to talk about all in. I want to share with you all in, just like John. Just like John. Matthew 3, verse 1 through 11. In those days, John the Baptist came, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven it has come near. This is he who was spoken of, through the prophet Isaiah, the voice of one calling in the wilderness. I need a little bit more volume because I got a head cold and I'm going to lose my voice. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel's hair and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the river, in the Jordan River. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Do not think you can say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Just like John. Heavenly Father, I ask you, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, that you speak through me and help me, Father. You know my desire. You know my limitations. But I thank you, Lord, that your word has no limitations. Your spirit has no limit. Touch and speak to our hearts, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, I ask it. Amen. Amen. John 1 and 6 says this, There was a man sent by God whose name was John. I had a three-point topics three topics I was going to share or points I was going to share in this message, but God gave me a fourth one. And it's just, I want you to look at the uniqueness of this situation with John and about this man, John. Firstly, he had a unique decision. Then there were unique duds. Then there were unique diet. Then a unique declaration. There was a unique decision. It came to me, how did that man end up in the wilderness? How did that man 
end up wearing the, the camel's hair and the leather girdle and to be out in the wilderness, how did that man get to the place that he was truly fulfilling what God had called him to do? Well, I tell you what, it came to my mind how, because scripture gives no indication how he ended up doing and how he ended up being the way that he was. Except that you've got to give some credit to Zacharias and Elizabeth. They heard, Zacharias heard the angel speak to him about the purpose of John. He broke the model Zacharias did and named him a name not after his lineage or his people. And he called him John. And what a unique decision that had to be made. That Zacharias and Elizabeth no doubt told John about that appearance of the Lord. That plan upon your life. I believe Zacharias probably laid hands on John when he was a little boy and said, John, you are marked by God. You are planned by God. God said, God named you, God declared who you are, and God's got a purpose and plan for you. There's a special calling for you in your life. I believe moms and dads, if we lay our hands on our children, even when they're little and, and preschool, lay hands on them and begin embedding them a blessing and begin to declare to them, God has called you for this time. God has made you ready for this time. God has anointed you, and it's not by accident that you're here, but by the divine purposes of the Lord. Hey, don't look at me like I'm super spiritualist. You know what? God is wanting to raise up some Johns in the hour that we're we're living in that will begin to declare that there be a voice in the wilderness crying out prepare the way of the Lord so those unique decisions John himself John had to suddenly decide you know what I'm going to wear the camel's hair and I'm going to wear the leather belt I'm going to go out I'm going to eat this and I don't understand it but decide to eat locusts and honey I'll talk about that in a moment but the fact is there was a unique decision to be made. Is God waiting on you to make a decision in your life? Have you been called in your past and you felt like a calling of God in your life but you walked away from it? Are you walking in that purpose and calling God's called you for? Are you seeking to walk in God's calling in your life? You were not saved so you can just make it into heaven. You were saved so you can make it into heaven, but you and I were saved so we might help others make it into heaven. And then those others will help others to make it into heaven. And on and on and on it goes. If we ever were to catch this thing and really get a hold of this thing, what God has created, then the kingdom of God will be forcefully advancing and moving forward in God's, God's plan. Now, so there was this unique decision. Then there was the unique duds. Dressed in recognizable fashion. In camel hair and accented by a leather belt. Considered even at that day to be less than a popular fashion. It's just, there it is, camel's hair and a belt. An outfit that was first seen by Elijah. In this time of the prophets, there are some commentaries that say that this was a, uh, a special dress that identified the fact that John was a prophet. That John was a prophet. Unique, uh, unique duds. 
uh, in Romans 13, 12, and 14 to make this relevant to what I'm trying to bring across for you and I today. The Bible says, Paul writes, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. In 2 Corinthians 6 and 17, Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. Unique outfit. We need to put on Jesus Christ. I want you to know the world will know if you've got Jesus on. The world will know if you decided to wear armor of light before the world, the world that is dark. And this day and age that, that we live in, that I could go through a long list of all the problems and the woe and which Noah Searle shared so greatly about. I want you to know if you've not, you weren't here last Sunday, you need to listen to that message, tune into it and watch it and listen to it about dealing with taking the word of God and dealing with the age that we're living in right now and, and what we've got to do. God wants you to stand out. God wants you to stand up and stand out and allow him to use you in this day and hour that we live. One preacher said, I saw on video, a preached one of our Church of God camp meetings. He said, you know what? I know what he was leading about. I got to tell you, I'm angry. I got to tell you, I'm perplexed. I got to tell you, there are times I'd like to get a hold of a demon and just punch him out for all the things and the devils that are trying to take over our society and our country and all the darkness and all the confusion and all the sinfulness and the ungodliness that's being socially accepted in our world today. But that preacher said something that's so true. He said he, in a room filled with preachers, he said God hasn't called you to get mad. God has called you for this day and this particular hour. God knew to, he knew 2,000 years ago. He knew even before when, when I was born in 1960 he knew that Ron Bynum was one day going to live in a period of time uh, where there's wickedness and darkness all around us uh, and confusion and that the devil himself is trying to destroy the very life flow of this nation and country and our young people are being attacked in a way that is beyond imagination 50 uh, 40 years ago we would have rode people out on a rail if they started saying the things that they say now, but everybody can say whatever uh, darkness and garbage and baloney that they want. They want to confuse the minds of our children in a, where the boys can't be a boy and the girls can't be a girl and men are not men and nobody can give a definition of who a woman is. But I got to tell you, God has so appointed for you and I to be at this time in place. God has called us to go into the wilderness that we're living in right now and begin to declare to the world, repent, prepare the way of the Lord. That's what we're supposed to be doing. So I said, okay, God, I'll stop being mad. For some reason, you wanted me here. You wanted me to see these things. You wanted me to be in the middle of this, of raising a standard, Jesus Christ, and letting the world know there is a better way. There is an answer. We don't have to believe in the lie. We don't have to accept it. So there was the unique clothing. 
You're going to stand out if you live for Jesus. Let me tell you, you will stand out today if you say that you're a born-again believer in Jesus Christ. You will stand out if you say, I live according to the principles of God's word and, and believe in the Bible, and they'll laugh and scoff at you. You will stand out now. But that's okay. Let us shine brighter now than ever before in a period of darkness that we're living. Let us put on the armor of light and let it shine forth in the name of Jesus Christ. There was unique duds and then the unique diet. Nourished with what some say is the diet of a prophet. Locusts and wild honey. Now I've read a lot on this. There are some who want to say it was a type of tree, but it wasn't, no. And, and Mark and Matthew and the word used is definitely an insect. You can't get around it. Honey, locusts and wild honey. According to the law of Moses, certain kinds of locusts are clean, clean to eat. Leviticus 11.22, these you may eat, the locust after its kind, the destroying locust after its kind, the cricket after its kind, and grasshopper after its kind. Yum, yum. The four insects listed here are, are, are commonly used as food in ancient times, and they're even in the Orient today of, of delicacies. You probably won't find it as a popular dish on the Food Network. It's, it's not there. Maybe if John's unique dish of locusts and wild honey would be presented and then critiqued on the Food Network, I can almost hear a judge say, hmm, Though the presentation is not the best, with a hint of tackiness, it could be served on a charcuterie board along with a side of some special cheeses, juicy tomatoes, and savory meats. However, there is a sweet and sour taste mingled with the wild honey, and the bug does have a slight enjoyable crunchiness to it. Unfortunately, I keep getting antennas and legs stuck in my teeth. <laughs> Needless to say, that day on that show, what one was the baklava one in the contest and wasn't locust and wild honey. Locust and wild honey. You know, I looked in the church. Did you know we do have some Johns in the church? Their name is John. But, you know, Baptist, the Baptist was not his last name. It was just John. But, you know, we, but then I looked and I found out we had a Baptist in our church. I'm not talking about someone has membership somewhere else. If you're a Baptist, God bless you. That's good. But I'm saying the last name. I mean, Loreen Baptist is her maiden name. Baptist is her maiden name. Uh, hey, I wonder, did Josh on Valentine's Day maybe stopped and got a box of, uh, of uh, what they call the uh, um, Russell Stover's candy and be... Locust and wild honey flavored candy for you. He didn't do that, did he? No, no. The unique diet for us isn't the requirement of eating that crunchy, sweet, and sour tasting locust and wild honey, but the decision to only nourish our minds and our spirits with the supernatural word of the Lord. That's the diet. That's the unique diet that we feed ourselves on the word of God. 
there ever was a time where we need God's word even more prevalent in our life, it's now. While, while we're under attack by a world that literally hates us, where extremists is now being tied in with the word Christian, with politicians, certain politicians, it's coming, my friends. It's coming, and you and I, like I said before, and I'll say it again, we are, we are born again, spirit-filled, Bible-believing children of God. We're on the far right. We are the extreme, okay? But that means we'll be on the front lines. That means we'll begin to see what God can do with those who will believe and hand trust in his holy word. We need to know his word and have that diet as the psalmist wrote in 119 of Psalms 11 through 16. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in the riches I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways I will delight myself in your statues and I will not forget your word let the word of God when there's a change of diet in daily living would certainly bring an impact on what people will might even uh, say about us but it have a greater impact of what we say what we do when there's a daily uh, nourishing and meal in the word of God and letting the word of God become our, our unique diet in our life. You want to change? Get into the word. You want to change your language? Get into the word. You want to quit cussing? Then get into the word. Let the word of God begin to be the primary language of your mouth and let the word of God be what is the primary information that reaches your mind. Because when we're in the word, it reaffirms us we're in the right place. Hang on, and if you don't get into the word, you'll start wondering, why am I even taking a stand? But when you're in the word of God, then you know why you're taking a stand and living for God. You are, how, how many of you ever heard that saying, you are what you eat? Yeah. James 3.11 says, does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? No, it doesn't happen. Fresh water doesn't come out of an unclean well. Fresh water will not come out of a spring that gives bitter water or salty water. It can only come out of what comes in will go out. And like an old adage, garbage in, garbage out. You ever heard that? Garbage in, garbage out. Garbage in, doubt comes out. Garbage in, cursing comes out. Garbage in, fear comes out. Garbage in, defeat comes out. Garbage in, sin comes out. But with us, the word in, in God and in him, the word in and the godliness out. The word in and godliness comes out. The word in, faith comes out. The word in, deliverance comes out. The word in, power comes out. The word in, miracles come out. In other words, uh, we, let, we take it in, it's gonna come out of us, amen. Then people might look at us and say, He's been eating on something different than what I have because he and she, they've been speaking not, they've, they've been speaking life and not death, holiness and not worldliness, victory and not defeat. You'll die if you have your regular only diet of information is on the news. 
you get your information from the word of God. You get your information, you and I do, from the one who started all things is going to end all things. Get a word from him. Not only was there unique decision, unique duds, unique diet, but John had a unique declaration. John dared to speak the truth even when it wasn't pleasant. And that's what's happened today. Truth is not pleasant. It's not enjoyable. Not, not godly truth. Not to the world. It's not pleasant. It rubs against certain lifestyles, the way people live. It even rubs against us. You know, when it says something about gossiping, it might rub against us. It says something about lying, it'll rub against us. It says something about uh, whether or not we have love for one another, it's going to rub against us. Because God's given this word, because the truth, the truth is very important. John dared to speak the truth even when it wasn't pleasant. He stood before King Herod and blasted him for his for his ungodly living for marrying his brother's wife breaking the law he challenged them with truth we need to challenge people with truth of course in the Bible way in the New Testament speak the truth in love you can't love somebody if you don't tell them the truth John dared to speak the truth even when it wasn't pleasant. However, healing never occurs without truth. There's no treatment for cancer unless truth is found and spoken about it. There's no healing in relationships until truth is found. I sit with couples and talk until finally they you remove the layer upon layer upon layer until finally they get down to the heart core of the matter are sitting together because they finally are finding and discovering the truth and they don't like the truth, but the truth will set them free. The truth, there's no healing without truth. That's why there's no, there's no salvation without conviction, conviction that brings repentance. No one gets saved. So I just want a good life, but then when things aren't so great, and how many here know that the Christian life is not all so, you know, it's not a, running through a, a field of daisies. You'll run, you'll trip and fall, some, somebody left a log in the middle of it, you know. Life isn't, it's not easy. But I will tell you that a declaration will bring truth, and the truth is what John shared. He said, repent. He said the words repent, and then he said prepare the way. Repent in verse 2 of our text is metanoia, which is to change one's mind or purpose. In other words, if you were to use that word, it would be I repent, change my mind, change the inner man, particularly with the reference of accepting the will of God. You repent. But repent isn't a common word, household word, is it? I mean, you know, if your kid acts up, they do something wrong, you don't point your finger out and say, repent. You know, you don't know. Or your dog gets into the garbage, not supposed to. You don't look at that dog and point and say, repent. <laughs> it's not a common. Or, yeah, your spouse does something to upset you. You don't look at them and say, repent. 
I had talked to a couple one time where a husband kept on telling his wife, I rebuke the devil out of you. And she says, well, I don't think you're all that holy. I had to eventually tell him to quit saying that. Quit making that, you know, making a declaration of I'm absolutely right because you got the devil in you. <laughs> so, I mean, this is real. Believe me, I got stories I won't share them right now. Over the years, you just wouldn't believe. One couple called me one time. I've been counseling, talking with them. I mean, this went on for years I was talking to them. It was like I felt like I was getting nowhere with them. And, and they, were, they were a uh, just a, a, a recipe for disaster. He got sexually abused when he was a little boy, and she got sexually abused when she was young, and they got married. And so there was so much baggage and anger and stuff going on there that I'm not a psychologist. I'm just a preacher that believes in God's word and the power of the Holy Spirit. They called me up one time. They're in the middle of their fight. Isn't it wonderful? They had extensions. One on the other one and the other one on the other. And I'm stuck in the middle. They're screaming at each other, carrying on. Next thing you know, hear this big crash. And he went and took the DVD player and threw it out the window. She went and smashed the TV. I said, wait a minute, stop. I went five years, five years talking to them. And they kept on saying, I kept on averting that word divorce, not get divorced, not get divorced, you know, working with them, talking with them. Till finally, I thought I'd use some reverse psychology. I said, you know what, guys? I now, I'm at the point. I give you permission. Go on, get a divorce. Go on and get a divorce. Go on. And I didn't say a word. Then silent on the phone. I mean, I waited for five minutes or more. So all of a sudden the voice got on and said, but we don't want to get a divorce. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. Praise the Lord. We kind of went in the right direction here. Now can we build on this, you know? <clears throat> Prepare the way. So you can't really say, but I looked up two synonym words in the modern English that are synonym, synonyms to repent. Let's see if you relate to these since it's modern terminology. Regret, reform. Regret, reform. Regret, regret that you're at the place you're at. That means acceptance. It's your fault, your condition. Regret it. Then do something about it. Reform. Reform. Repent. Regret and be sorry where you're at. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And so therefore, regret and reform. Say, Lord, I, I don't want this old life anymore. I don't want this anymore, Lord. I need you. I need more of you in my life. I'm sorry for what I've done. Now, Lord, I know that you will help me. I'm going to change and no longer live in this type of life anymore. I'm going to reform and change. Prepare the way. John was, he was prophesied to be one that would be doing that. Malachi 3 and 1 says, Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant to whom you delight. Behold, he's coming, says the Lord of hosts. 
Isaiah 40, 3 and 4 says, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. Prepare the way of the Lord. John in the wilderness with the camel's hair on him and the leather belt, with the, the breath of honey and locusts on his breath, he went and he declared to the people and said, listen, prepare the way of the Lord. I don't have the answers. And I tell you, I've told many people in my life, I don't have the solution with me to work out what's going on with you. But I do know someone who does have the, have the solution and his name is Jesus. And what you need to do is repent and prepare the way of the Lord. Let him come in and begin to reign in your life. Let him begin to touch that at particular places in your life where you know you're doing wrong, those places of secret, those places of where weaknesses in your life, prepare a way, let the Lord come right on in. Amen. It's kind of like the same attitude that when you first got married and the in-laws were, were coming over to the apartment or the house for the first time. You know what happened. You prepared the way. You started cleaning up the house, the apartment. You started setting furniture right. You started cleaning up this and that. You spent a whole, uh, a whole day on it because Sunday the in-laws are coming over for the first time because you were preparing the way for that serious visitation of that loved one. Let me tell you, prepare the way and we are called like John just like John there may be a voice in the wilderness and cry out to people and say prepare the way of the Lord Jesus left but he's coming back again he said behold I come quickly he's coming back soon and we are to prepare the way and be the voice in the wilderness to let this old world know in the deep dark sinful state that it's in that the king of kings and the lord of lords is coming back Behold, the Son of God comes and comes with healing in his wings. Able to heal every broken situation. Able to move in every area of each one's life. I am the one that can reconstruct and rebuild your life. I am the one that can receive all your faults and sins and brokenness. And I can reestablish your life. Prepare a way for me. Let me come into your life. And in turn, you share the message to others to prepare the way of the Lord, the coming of the Lord. Let me work in you and through you. Let my word become and take preeminence in your life. Serve me with all your heart, not with your lips, but with your heart. And I will bless you and I'll uphold you. For you are my messengers. You are the ones and the voices that are crying out. There are so many I desire to bring in and to save. You are my voice. Be the one crying out in the wilderness. 
Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Would you stand with me? Hallelujah. 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 I love what John sent messengers to Jesus. He was in prison. And asked him a question. He said, are you the one? Are you the one that I was supposed to come and prepare the way or is there someone else? Now, I used to think, well, that was doubt, but not really. John believed in his mission that it was going to happen, that it wasn't Jesus be someone else, but that he fulfilled his mission. Jesus said and said to them, go and tell John. The things you have seen and heard, the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, <clears throat> the poor have the gospel preached to them, and blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Wow. Boy, isn't that a word for day? Blessed is he who's not offended of me, of Jesus. There are people who are offended of Jesus. They, they don't want to hear about Jesus. They don't want to hear about him. Then he says, and he says, <coughs> when the messengers of John had departed, Jesus began to speak to the multitudes concerning John. Listen to what he said. Did you go out into the wilderness to see a reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? Jesus making mockery of it. He said, you know how John was. He certainly wasn't a reed to get shaken by the wind. Some flimsy reed. And he certainly didn't wear those delicate clothes of fancyhood and of wealth. Indeed, those who are gorgeously apparelled and live in luxury are the king's courts. Are in the king's courts. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I say to you more than a prophet. This is he of whom is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way before you. For I say unto you, Look, <clears throat> this caught my eye. This is us right here in this verse. Jesus saying here, For I say to you among those born of women, there's no greater prophet than John the Baptist, but he who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than than he than John why because what Jesus has come to bring in our life that we have an advantage even over John because of what the kingdom has brought into our lives John gave an answer when those asking are you the Messiah he said no I'm not the Messiah he said I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So we're greater. We can be greater than John and used of God in a greater way. Because what the kingdom has brought, what Jesus has brought, we can reach the lost and we can go out in the wilderness and be the voice crying out in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Repent. Repent. You know how I know this message is still going on? We read in Scripture where Jesus, when he began his preaching ministry, one book he said, he said the very same words. Repent, 
for the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus said that message was important. That message is important for us. How many here say, Pastor, I want God to use me? I mean, really, I want you to lift your hand. I really want God to use me. I really want to be that voice. I want to be that powerful person. I want to be that powerful person. Well, let me tell you some easy steps. How do you prepare the way? First of all, you prepare yourself and get close to God yourself and start reading the word and praying. Then you start, you go home and you start preparing the way for your household and your children and family. Then you go to work and you let the witness be made known. You know what? I think there ought to be more witness wear being war now than ever before. Boldly, boldly revealing the name of Jesus Christ and he being our Savior. Go out to the world. Let people know that there's a way when there doesn't seem to be a way. That there's Jesus. There's Jesus. Prepare the way. Prepare the way. Would you do this with me? I had it in my heart. First of all, I always I want to give invitation. Are you here today and you say, Pastor Ron, I need Jesus in my life. I'm backslidden. I'm away from God. I'm not, I'm not who I should be. And I want God to forgive me. I want God to be Lord of my life. Jesus be Lord of my life. Just raise your hand quickly. Is there anyone at all? This is what I want to do. I know some of you have trouble. I understand have trouble standing. And if you do, you can come up closer if you want and sit in the front. But I want, <coughs> I want us to come together this morning as a people who have made up our mind and as a church who have decided, made our own individual decisions. God, I want you to use me. I want you to use me. I want to be that voice crying out in the wilderness. I want you to use me. So many of you raise your hand. Would you do me a favor? Would those who would just find your place up front here for a moment? And you know what? I don't feel led of God unless if you, if you have a need, you can come to me. We'll pray for you. But I just feel like God wants you to come up and for yourself and say, Lord, I'll be just like John. I'll be just like John. Well, I'll show out in the world my faith in Jesus. Where my diet will be the word of God in my life. Nourishment. And where I'll make a declaration to the world. Jesus is Savior. Jesus is Lord. Do you realize the awesome, awesome responsibility we have in the Lord we found the truth and the truth has set us free we need to share that truth with others and love people bring them into the kingdom of God hallelujah how many here have ever won someone to the Lord and led them to a sinner's prayer just raise your hand if you ever let them okay God bless you that's a great number statistically it's very very low where Christians never lead someone to Christ. 2%, only 2% of the church has ever led anybody to Christ. So that's a good percentage. Now I want you to know, God has given you an anointing and a calling where you share Jesus. You got a witness, use your witness. Let people know, let them see. 
Jesus in you. Put on Christ. Put on Jesus. Put on him. Go and sing it song. I asked them to do it. And I want you just to stand here and just begin. You lift your hands toward heaven. You begin to cry out to God and say, Lord, use me. Use me, Lord. I want to serve you with my whole heart. Go ahead, Noah. Pride of Zion, prophet spoke. Yes. Our Messiah, flesh and bone. You alone are worthy to open up the scroll. Like a lamb you suffer. Yeah. Let the lion roar. Hail, hail, lion of Judah. Let the lion roar. Prepare the way. Prepare the way. Yeah. Let's sing this right now. Prepare the way. Prepare the way of the Lord, prepare the way. Prepare the way of the Lord, prepare the way. Yeah. Prepare the way of the Lord, prepare the way. Hallelujah. Prepare the way of the Lord. 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 Prepare the way of the Prepare the way of the Lord, prepare the mountain. Yes, prepare the way of the Lord, prepare the way. Prepare the way of the Lord, prepare the way. Yes, Lord, prepare the way of the Lord, prepare the way. Prepare the way of the Lord, prepare the way. Prepare the way of the Lord, prepare the way. Prepare the way of the Lord, prepare the way. Prepare the way of the Lord, prepare the way. Prepare the way of the Lord. Do you know what, what came to my mind in this portion of the song, Prepare the Way of the Lord? Now, you're not preparing the way for your loved one. It's the Lord that's going to come in. But the moment you start diving in, to prepare the way your sons and daughters will see you do this your neighbors will see you do this they say can I help can I get in here and they'll be inspired to begin to prepare the way of the Lord in their life and on and on that way have you ever had people say can I chip in and help can I help I've seen situations where strangers they didn't even know each other and because of something urgent was occurring, they would jump in and start helping to save a life, to do something that's important, to make a difference. If you and I will begin to prepare the way like God wants us to, then our loved ones will begin to join in with us and they'll catch on 
to the call and they'll catch on to the truth if you'll just start doing it start doing it yeah moms dads get your bible out get your bible out let your children see you read the bible and praying let them see you do it in the home on a regular basis do that because then the bible will become their source that they will turn to and god will be the source that they'll turn to how many here believe that this morning go ahead and sing a little bit more no and we're going to close Prepare the way of the Lord, prepare the way. Prepare the way of the Lord, prepare the way. Prepare the way of the Lord, prepare the way. Prepare the mountain, prepare the way, Lord. Prepare the valley, prepare the way of the mountain, prepare the way of the Lord. The lion roar. Hail, hail, lion of Judah. Let the lion roar. Heavenly Father, we now pray a prayer of commitment to you, Lord, on our daily life with you. We're going to serve you, Lord. We're going to be just like John. We're going to be willing, Lord, to make a difference, to stand out, to share the gospel, to let people know that the Lord is coming, that the Lord is here, the kingdom is here. And Lord, just use us as we commit ourselves to you. Use us, Lord. Show us and use us, Holy Spirit. Reveal opportunities to us in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. How many here? How many are going to believe with me for souls to get saved? Family members to get saved to come to the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes. 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 Prepare the way of the Lord. Yes. Hallelujah. Come on in, Lord. Come on in, God. Hallelujah. Come on in, Lord. Come on in, God. Hallelujah. Yeah. God bless you. Thank you for being here today. Look forward to seeing you Wednesday night. Thank you so much. Love one another in the Lord. Go out. Be a witness. Share Christ.